Do you struggle to understand people with mental health issues? Join me, Stephen Torres, as I speak about rehabilitation and bipolar disorder. If you are into psychology or share a similar condition, this show is for you. I'm just talking about the real things. Hello and welcome once more to the Real Things Podcast with Stephen Torres. Today we're going to talk about if rehabilitation in the Philippines actually worked for me. Who else but to ask a person, an expert on the topic, if I should say so myself? Yes, I am indeed an expert on the topic because I've stayed in the center for a period of six years more or less. Well, not less. <laughs> well, when I was in rehab, I was sent there, like I always say, because when I was a youth, when I was a young teen... I used to act crazy. I used to do all sorts of weird things that pissed everybody off. As a result, I was shipped by ambulance to a hospital, which in turn shipped me for six years, three years and three years to be exact, in a long-term stay center. It was reserved for people with mental illnesses and people with addiction problems. That includes things like bipolar disorder for the behavioral people and for the addiction people. Uh, well, they did drugs in the past. They did. They had problems with gambling, had problems with cigarettes, alcohol, and whatnot. Well, I won't really go delving into the into the people who were there, but how can we avoid delving into the people who were there? This actually could make the bulk of uh, what went on. And it's actually a funny topic. It's actually very funny and very interesting to talk about people who were there, cause. The people who were there came from the higher stratum, the higher class. They came from the higher, uh, what do you say, the higher status of society, of Philippine society. You had like, just to name a few people, you had like this dude, he was in there for his behavior and he liked to jerk off a lot. Yeah, he liked to beat it off. But unlike us, he liked to beat it off to... Uh, to his fellow men. <laughs> In other words, yes, he was a gay boy, but we didn't make fun of him for that. We made fun of him because he would sneak into the males' rooms at night, uh, at night or whenever no one was watching, and would bait in our faces. So that was obviously not a safe place to be at. He would sneak in the bathroom when people caught him and people got wound of him. He would beat off his meat till his meat got bloody. And that was kind of disgusting. It would be taken away. And then we had like a lady who would wash, would take a bath, take a shower, whatever you called it. She would bathe away the day. She would literally uh, take a shower until her skin started flaking the hell off. Because she has OCPD, which is like obsessive compulsive disorder, but... A more serious one, obsessive compulsive personality disorder, they called it. Then we had this dude, he was another dude, he, uh, he liked to, uh, well, he liked to whack it off. He liked to whack himself off, he liked to whack, jerk it. He liked to do that, and so they locked him up, because he'd do it in the dorms. And he would just do it non-stop, man, it was kind of sad. His dad was a mayor, well, he was kind of sad, he was a sad case. He would run around, people would... Thwack him, he would thwack people in the head with bad locks. He would whack people in the head with like a stone. He was a wild fella. 
Well, again, to answer the question if rehab actually helped us, I actually have a bunch of friends right now. Hello and shout out to you, friends listening to me from rehab. I won't name you because people are going to know who you are. But you know who you are, so I don't need to name y'all. Anyway, you old guys all know because we keep talking about it. And we keep saying, we keep wondering, we keep asking each other, was it actually worth being in rehab? Well, the consensus was, the consensus is no. It was not worth being in that place because we spent too much. What could have gone to rehab could have gone to education, could have gone to an actual hospital, maybe a shorter stay at that. It shouldn't have gone to the rehab we were in because it wasted our time. It provided nothing of help. It was more of a placebo effect. When you are, are partially healed from your illness from a hospital, they would send you to the rehab we were in and they would just milk you for your cash. They would let you sit down every day, clean, pray. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But what, what there is wrong is they would actually involve a lot of drama and cause more stress in the long term. People would fight. People would fight back against the system. People would fight amongst themselves. Patients would fight the staff. Staff would fight the patients. The facilities were there, but they were not used. We had a pool. It was freaking green. They had... um. They had a they had a like a garden area, but it was rarely used. They had a basketball court; they rarely made us use it. They had a gym; it was not maintained. We had so many people wanting to use the gym so we could lose weight, but of course, they didn't want people to get healthy there. They just wanted you to get worse. And the food they were serving us was another thing to talk about. The food they were serving us was terrible as hell. How the hell can you eat stuff from a, a can? I mean, you're peeing like $1,000 per month in a country that makes maybe half that or a quarter that for an average employee. An average office employee makes a quarter of a thousand bucks a month or maybe half of that a month. And they expect us to pay a thousand bucks or more for a dorm, the cheapest dorm is a thousand bucks. And they serve uh, stuff from a can, an e a single egg, a single cup of rice, which is no way enough for what we need per day to live. So they were making us eat cheap stuff, high in sodium, stuff that wasn't healthy, stuff we would never eat outside unless we were really in dire straits. But that's what they served us in a very high-end uh, place. You would probably say, oh, 1000 bucks is not a lot because it's uh, you're getting admitted in there. Well, here it is a big deal because a thousand bucks can get you so far. A semester in college is not even a thousand bucks. Maybe in the top schools, it reaches a thousand bucks or more per semester. But in my school, it certainly doesn't. And I've been to a number of schools, which is sad because they obviously milked us. As a result, all the sons, daughters of the rich people in the country who had mental and addiction problems went to that center, we met each other, we became friends with each other, that's what's good about it. We built a community to meet outside, but the center never helped us. The center gave us more trauma, gave us more heartbreak, gave us more headaches. They just made us suffer, because 
instead of following an actual structured program, it states when you were admitted, when you're admitted, right, you go through a program from six, three months, if you're a first-time person, until about six months. If you're like me, who never did drugs at the time, <laughs> I mean, until now, whatever, if you believe that, wink, wink, uh, you would actually stay there uh, when your parents wanted you out or when your doctor wanted you out. So that would be about a year, maybe 10 months, maybe anywhere from six months, maybe even less, if you were there for a non-drug case. But then again, only the, the only, only people who go there by court order, who go in there for addiction problems and drug problems, those are the ones who follow the three months, six months, and one-year rule. Again, if you are there for a non-drug offense, for a mental offense, in other words, you stay there as long as you wish, as long as they make you stay there, which is kind of sad, which is why I spent six years there without any remorse, without any, any way, means of me fighting back the system. Well, I waste a lot of time there instead of me finishing college there. That six years could actually equate to a master's degree here. I am not even done with my bachelor's degree right now. I'm one year away from a bachelor's degree, however, but I'm already 27. So that's kind of late. That's very late. And that's very sad. Well, in other words, in other things I can say, you know, we're speaking about the bad things that happened in rehab. Why can't we talk about the good things that happened there? Because to be fair, a lot of uh, a lot of good things did happen there. Uh, for instance, we I made a lot of friends there. I made genuine friends there. To be honest, I made friends there who were actually decent, despite their conditions, and we still meet today. To be fair, to be honest, all my friends come from rehab. All my friends right now are from that place. I have three, four, five friends, guys. They all come from that place. So I don't have any other. Uh, I don't have any other friends from uh, from real life. So it's just kind of sad, really. It's kind of a sad story. It's a very sad story that uh, all your friends have come from a mental or addiction treatment center. That's just the reality of things. How can I avoid making friends with people who came from there? If you, I have spent six of my years there. It's not like the people who live there um, are actually out of their mind. It's just that um, it's just that they get, they went through their own troubles. They went through some sort of uh, life struggles, but it doesn't mean that they're ill or that ill. Like you wouldn't find a person who couldn't who couldn't who has who is severely maladapted there. Of course, they wouldn't leave like a, a person a person who was so ill that he can't function there. Because <laughs> if you can't function, they won't send you to a place like that. They would send you to a hospital. They would send you to they would send you to a, a an actual mental center. What they did there was they just let us suffer in there because they wouldn't be transparent with their families. So it's kind of sad. It's really sad, to be honest, that they had a good program. They had a good, they had good facilities. They had a pool, gym, uh, recreational area, a meeting area. But they never utilized it to the fullest. They never did. So this place was located in a place called Laguna Province in the Philippines, in about, in the Luzon Island. It's just, what, three hours, four hours, three hours away from Manila, south from Manila. 
for Metro Manila. And uh, yeah, people from Manila usually went there. People from my city, Quezon City, no- normally, or Metro Manila, the Metro Manila area went to that rehab because most of the people in Luzon live in Metro Manila. So they went to that place in Laguna Province because it was nearby, just a few hours away. But even with traffic, it's just a few hours away. And so a lot of people of of classy families were there and I made friends with them. They're actually decent people. Uh, yeah, good things happen in rehab, bad things happen in rehab. To answer the question, was rehab effective? Philippine rehab? No, it was not. We don't have enough laws. We don't have enough. We don't have proper juris- legislation. Legislation on the jurisdiction of rehabilitation. What constitutes a, men- a mental illness? We can't answer that question as of the present. We can't say how long a person who needs to stay in rehab would stay in rehab because there is really no law on that. In, in America, I believe you can just walk out of rehab if you don't need it. As a result, people don't stay there more longer than they should. Then, well, people don't stay there longer than they shouldn't. Unlike in the Philippines, we just we just are a free for all. There is really no law, and it's kind of sad. It is really a sad case. There is no other word to put it, but sad. I've seen people suffer, cry there, beg to get out. I've seen people just play the system, and they get to go out. Nobody was actually helped in my rehab, but I can't speak for the other rehabs because they've only been to one rehab. I know there are a lot of rehabs in the country, but uh, I've only been to one of them. To talk about the place, the food was bad. The slitties were about okay, I guess. I guess there was water, running water. There was a, there was beds that were regularly cleaned when they did clean them once a week. Uh, the place was cleaned by us, but we also had janitors in there. We had we had like orderlies, caregivers, we had psychologists, we had doctors twice a week. Many doctors. We had like five doctors last time I was there, and a medical doctor, and five psychiatrists. I mean, we would come a few times a week. It was okay. It was it was a good place to stay at, but if only they had been more, you know. If they had only, if they had only been, how do you phrase this? If they had only been more understanding of the plight of mentally ill people rather than just milk them for money. I mean, it is not right that they had to lock people up, including me, for months on end in a cell, in a single cell. Solitary isolation is not even being practiced in other countries. Only in this country is it being practiced, and that is a sad reality. I don't know, but the the center I was in actually had a lot of promise for what it for what it delivered. It had a lot of promise, and I really can't forget staying there because I stayed there for six years. Six years is a great chunk of your life, and it's even greater. It's even longer if you if you if you believe you shouldn't be in there, but they did. My family did. My doctors did. People around me did. So when I got out, people were like. Did you really need to stay there for six years? Or were they just messing with you? People I met, wow, you've been in Riyadh for six years. For what? You know, you seem fine. You're just a little bit hyper. You just talk too much. And so that is how I culminate today's episode. I will end it by saying, Rehab in the Philippines is wild. I will end this episode by saying, if you need rehabilitation, and you're a Filipino or you're searching for a cheap rehabilitation center in Asia, 
do not seek a Philippine rehab because our systems, our laws, our medical facilities, especially in mental health, are not developed yet. Seek a rehab elsewhere. Not here, not in the Philippines. You will just suffer. Of course, it's cheap, but you won't get the care that you need, which is a sad reality. Okay, thank you all for listening. This is Stephen Torres. You're listening to The Real Things Stephen Says Podcast, and I'll be checking out. Ciao and have a good day. Thank you. Stephen is not a medical professional, and the show does not attempt to substitute their advice. I would greatly appreciate it if you followed, commented, and shared this podcast. If you enjoyed it, 